you for joining me again for Rev Kev and the Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for all your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for how you make a way out of no way. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for how you have held me in your hands and everything that is concerning me, Lord, you have in your hands. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the whole world is in your hands. So, Lord, I ask that you... And, Lord, those that have lost loved ones to COVID-19, Lord, I pray that you would heal them, that you would heal their hurts, that you would heal their, heal their bodies, heal their minds, heal their spirits, Lord God. And many of them, Lord, are dealing with a broken spirit, Lord, because it's one of the most difficult things to deal with is death and the loss of a loved one. Father, I ask that you would be with them, that you would comfort them, that you would bring them through this dark time in their lives. And, Lord, I know that you're able to do it. Father, I just ask, Lord, that you be upon this podcast today. Lord, that in, in the name of Yeshua, Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, speak to me and speak through me, Lord. Because the things that I share are not just for others, but they are for me also. So I ask, Lord, that you would get the glory, the honor, and the praise out of this podcast. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. The title of this podcast today is Hashem to Men and God's Temple. Hashem to Men and God's Temple. Amen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are. I pray that this podcast finds you doing well. Uh, we left off on last podcast, and uh, we were finishing up on some of the dynamics to remember uh, when it comes to the sense of spiritual hearing, and we're getting ready to go into the temple uh, of Hashem, uh, or the temple of God, and it is definitely a place of sight and a place of sound, a place of sight and a place of sound. And uh, let me say this also that I would not want to attend any service, meaning temple service, uh, where God is not, because we'll learn that through studying this podcast and or the things that we study for this podcast and reading in the book of Shemot, which Shemot means names. These are the names of those that went down into uh, Mitzrayim or Egypt, the children of Jacob. Um, and we'll learn that uh, that the temple um, that God desired a place for him and his people to fellowship and David said that he uh, wanted to go into the temple of the Lord to 
behold the beauty of the Lord and how empty of a thing would it be if we went into God's temple and he was not there. One of the uh, passages of scripture that stuck with me in the when in the latter uh, covenant, the New Testament, uh, uh, is a, a scripture that says that Yeshua, Jesus, went into the temple and the power of God was present to heal diseases. The power of God was present there to heal diseases. And, you know, I think that in a large degree that we have reduced the temple of God from a place where we interact with God, where God speaks to us, if that's what he desires to do, where God uh, uh, draws near to us, if that's what he desires to do, and creating a place for us and God to fellowship together, and we've reduced it to a place of Sunday meetings or Shabbat meetings where we do religious things, but what about the presence of God? What about his presence being there in that particular uh, time of worship? And, you know, some years ago, it really began to weigh heavy on my heart because I mean, I was born into a Baptist uh, Catholic family, and I later on uh, got truly converted, as John 3 talks about, born again, and uh, then as Acts 8 uh, um, talks about, or Acts 1, actually, and Acts 2, where on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So I know what it's like to be on the religious end of things, and I also know what it's like to be on the uh, uh, Pentecostal or more lively end of things. But even in the Pentecostal church, it is easy to uh, try to rekindle an experience of last week or last year, or last month, and things like that. And as I've said in other podcasts, that God is uh, dynamic. He's always changing. He's always moving. Yet he himself doesn't change, but his activities change in the earth. He's always doing different things in the earth. And the spirit realm is a place of activity, is a place of movement, is a place that is dynamic. You know, if you look at Revelations, uh, or Revelation, I should say, uh, and you look at when John was on the Isle of Patmos, and he said that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he said that there was a door that was open, and he saw all kinds of things. He saw uh, 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 streets paved with gold or made out of gold, and he saw uh, he saw in chapter five he saw God's throne, and he saw the elders around the throne, and you know, and they didn't stop worshiping God day or night. And it's, just, it's a place, it's a realm that is always alive and always moving, always growing. And so, you know, God has always desired to, to dwell amongst his people, even in the book of Better Sheep or the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, 
where God put Adam and Eve, which Adam was their name, Adam and Eve, or Haba, uh, you know, uh, that was both of their names, was Adam. It was a, a generic term for mankind. And so when you talk about man, you're talking about Ish, and when you're talking about a woman, you're talking about Isha, because Isha came out of Ish. Eve came out of Adam. She's the mother of all living. But in that time of them being in the garden, that, you know, on that day when they fell um, and they were running from the presence of the Lord, uh, God called out to them and said, where are you, Adam? Where are you? And, and Adam answered and said, I heard your voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and I was afraid. Well, he didn't say I heard a noise. He said, I heard your voice, which tells me that Adam knew the voice of God. He was familiar with God's voice. Later on in the New Testament, of course, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Amen. Before we go any further, um, let's read our foundational scripture. Uh, it is found in Hebrews chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse number 11. It says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. Seeing ye are dull of hearing, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the principles, with the first principles, excuse me, of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Also, let me share another passage of scripture. Um, and I found that it was, this passage of scripture is along the same lines. It's very reminiscent of Hebrews chapter 5, but it's actually 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And Paul here, of course, the words that he used lets us know that they, he's talking to people who are in the faith, who are in Yeshua, who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1, And I, brethren, that's the key right there that tells us that he's not talking to unsaved people, but he's talking to those who are saved, those who are converted. He says, And I, brethren, could not... Speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat, because you were not able to bear it. They were not ready for the weightier things of the word. And, you know, as, as we talk about uh, Hashem's temple and as we talk about the two men, the two men are actually one man, but we're talking about the outer man and we're talking about the inner man. The outer man is the flesh man. The outer man is the flesh nature. The outer man is your body, uh, your that that uh, 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 where your senses 
and my senses are housed. We're talking about the outer man. Paul said, even though our outward man perish, our inner man is renewed day by day. So when we talk about the inner man, we're talking about the spiritual man. We're talking about that part of you that is the real you, the, the spirit. Because even though Adam was a formed uh, body, a person, or he wasn't yet really a person, but he was formed to look like a man. And God breathed into him the breath of life. Then it says man became a living soul. So it took the breath of God, the spirit of God breathing into him for him to become a living soul. Uh, which the soul is where our our emotions dwell. And this this uh, in our spirit man is where our intellect dwells uh, and also our uh, heart is where our thoughts dwell. But however, man is a trichotomy, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. And we dwell in this natural realm, but there is also a spiritual realm that we are uh, we're actually living in two realms. You know, I used to wonder about the scripture when Jesus said that the Son of Man who came down from man, oh, excuse me, the Son of Man who came down from heaven, who is also in heaven. He said, I came down from heaven, but I'm also in heaven. And then Paul says later on, uh, I believe it's the book of Colossians, he said, don't set your affections uh, on earthly things, but set your affection on uh, heavenly things where you are seated together with Christ. That's a spiritual concept, and the, and the flesh will never uh, be able to digest that on its own. But it takes the Spirit of God to illuminate our spirit to the point to where he, he causes us to understand that spiritual concept, you see. Now, last podcast, I also mentioned... Uh, about the, the words of God, but let me let me just uh, go a little bit further with this first, and then we'll go back into that. Uh, the 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 natural man. The Bible talks about the natural man in First Corinthians chapter two and verse number. Well, let's begin with verse number nine. It says, "But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things." which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, or uh, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. We're talking in words, but it's not the words that man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth concerning 
uh, I'm sorry, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so he tells us about two types of men right here in this second chapter of First Corinthians. He tells us of the natural man that does not and cannot receive the things of the spirit. He's telling us that Paul is telling us that he's speaking spiritual. He's speaking words, but they're not the words of this world, not the words that man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Then he talks about the spiritual man. So we're talking about two different men, the flesh man and the spirit man. Once again, the flesh man is that outer man, that carnal man. And the, the spiritual man is the inner man, you see. And in that particular passage of Scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, what we just read, the word for natural or natural man is uh, sukikos. It's a Greek word that means natural, natural or of the soul or the mind, or it, it means sensuous. So that means one that is controlled by their senses a man or a woman that is controlled by their senses. It means a soulish type of person, one who lives in their emotions. Excuse me. You know, you've heard people say before, I've heard them say it, um, that I didn't, I don't feel like that's God. You know, I don't, I don't feel like God wants me to do that. I don't feel like God wants me to, to go there. I don't feel like. You see, but we can't function in the spirit realm with feel like we can't function. Jesus said it this way. He said that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Leave it over there. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Leave it over there. You can't mingle the two of them together. So either we're going to live in the spirit or we're going to live in the flesh. First Corinthians. Uh, chapter three that we read in verse three says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as mere men? And the word there for men, or uh, flesh, is sarx, S-A-R-X, in the Greek. And it means uh, the physical, a person who is just physical. That's all they are. They, you know, they, they don't have the, uh, the, their spirit man is not, uh, awakened or their spirit or they're not functioning in the spirit man but they're functioning in the flesh or they're locked into this uh, physical dimension they're locked into this physical dimension amen and I said last time in last podcast that words are containers we're talking about God speaking to us. We're talking about hearing in the spirit. We're talking about uh, uh, the sense of spiritual hearing. And there's a couple other things that we really need to uh, to really delve into and lay the groundwork on 
before we actually get into the temple, you see, because God has already given us his word, which uh, is set there to be a cornerstone for the whole building of societal structure and how society is to function, how we're to function towards God, how we're to function towards one another, and what is to be the, uh, the societal norms. We've already talked about the laws of God and and then in uh, Shemot uh, chapter 19, we talked about a, that we're a, 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 co, a Kohanim, a nation of priests. We talked about in Shemot chapter 20, the commandments, and we talked about in Shemot or Exodus chapter 21, Miss Patton, which means the rulings, the rulings of God. So God has already showed us how we are to relate to one another, how we relate to him before he even says anything about the temple. And and so, you know, uh, because our relationship with, with God is not to just be uh, just uh, in the temple or it's not to be just excluded to the temple, but the same God that we serve in the temple, he wants to affect every area of our lives. And so before we get to, well, let's just read a little bit of uh, Shemot or Exodus chapter 25. And I'm reading out of a different version, but it says, Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel to take up a collection for me, accept a contribution from anyone who wholeheartedly wants to give. The contribution you are to take from them is to consist of gold, silver and bronze blue purple uh blue purple and scarlet yarn fine linen goat's hair tanned ram skins and fine leather acacia wood oil for the light spices for the anointing oil and for the uh fragrant incense onyx stones and other stones to be set for the ritual vest and breastplate. They are to make me a sanctuary so that I may live among them. God says they are to make me a sanctuary so that I may live among them. You are to make it according to everything I show you. In the King James Version, it says according to the pattern, uh, the design of the tabernacle and the design of its furnishings. This is how you are to make it. They are to make an ark of acacia wood three and three quarters feet long, two and a quarter feet wide, and two and a quarter feet high. You are to overlay it with pure gold, overlay it both inside and out, and put a molding of gold around the top of it. Cast four gold rings for it and attach them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put poles into the rings on the sides of the ark. You will use them to carry the ark. The poles are to remain in the rings of the ark. They are not to be removed from it. Into the ark, you are to put the testimony which I am about to give you. You are to make a cover for the ark out of pure gold, and it is to be three and three quarters feet long in two and a quarter feet wide. And you see that God is very specific 
uh, in the instructions that he's giving Moses, or his Hebrew name is Moshe, in the instructions that he is giving him, because God is uh, about to bring his people into his presence, uh, and especially the priests who went into the Holy of Holies to worship God. And you see that there is uh, government in God and there is structure in God. And when God speaks, God speaks concerning his plan for not only that particular individual that he's speaking to, but he speaks for about all of the people, all of his people. Now, let me just go back to this uh, before we close. Uh, as I said before, words are containers. So Moshe was hearing the thoughts of God through the words of God. And the Bible says that as a man thinketh, uh, I'm sorry, it says that, uh, that uh, the, as a man thinks in his heart that his mouth speaks, the things that are in our heart come out of our mouth. Our, our thoughts, our ideas, our concepts. And so these things were coming out of God's heart. And God said that everyone whose heart causes him to give, those that are giving willingly, accepted from them. In other words, he didn't want anything from anyone that wasn't giving it from the heart, you see. Now, again, words are containers, which contain thoughts ideas, concepts, and they uh, contain realities. But the problem is, is that we have our thoughts and God has his thoughts. And so the Bible says that how can two walk together except they be agreed? So that means that, uh, that God's thoughts have to become my thoughts, you see. And he said in, uh, in the book of Isaiah... Uh, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. You see, inside of words are thoughts, ideas, concepts, and realities. If I was uh, in a foreign land and I was writing back home to tell them what that land looked like, I would use words that are on a piece of paper. The actual thing is not uh, on the paper, but the but the reality of it is in the words that I speak, and, it, and I speak about a real thing. You see, words are also seeds. Matthew thirteen tells us that. Luke eight tells us that. You see, uh, encapsulated and compacted in a seed is reality, which in the right conditions takes on its predestined form. The seed, everything that you see, the tree, the fruit, the leaves, uh, everything about that tree is already in the seed. But it, it, it has to be in the right condition in order to grow, in order to become what it was meant to become. And so we see in the Word of God that we shared a podcast before last, I believe it was, that Jesus said that the sower went forth to sow, and he scattered the seed. And then some seed fell upon stony ground, some fell upon thorny ground, uh, some fell upon uh, 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 good ground. But 
but the the condition that the seed fell into determined whether or not the seed would actually become what was already in itself. You see, the seed is the house for the reality. That's what the seed is. The reality is inside of the seed. John 4.24 tells us, Jesus said, God is a spirit. That's John 4.24 tells us, Yeshua Jesus says that God is a spirit. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, uh, God says, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God says, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we have thoughts and he has thoughts. But Jesus said in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. So, uh, that lets us know that, that God is a spirit and therefore we must conclude that his thoughts are spiritual thoughts. You see. Therefore, one of the nature of thought, one of the nature of thought is spirit. And the other is flesh. And so many times when God is speaking to us, there is a, uh, a wall or there is a conflict because we many times misinterpret our thoughts for his thoughts or the words that we hear in our mind for his thoughts. But we, but we, we have to realize and discern where those words are coming from. Are they coming from a place of spirit or are they coming from a place of flesh, you see? Because we have our thoughts, he has his thoughts. But there is a vast uh, uh, distance between his thoughts and our thoughts. Our brain many times gets in the way. Ephesians uh, 4.18. Let me get to that right quick. Ephesians uh, 4.18. And it says... Having the understanding, let me let me start with verse 17. This I say, therefore, Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Now, Gentiles are those who are unregenerate, those who do not know Yeshua, those who have not been born again. And Paul is talking to the church, and he says, Therefore I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth that since now, henceforth, or, or, or from now, walk not or live not as other Gentiles walk, as, as other Gentiles uh, uh, conduct their lives in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. The heart is the mind. He says, who being past feeling has given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus Christ. He says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, 
the old man, that man that functions in the flesh, that man that feels, and that man that that uh, 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 you know that is controlled by his or her senses, which is, he says, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You see, so we have to take off that old man, that old way of functioning in the flesh and in that in that natural mind. First uh, Corinthians. Uh, chapter 15. First Corinthians, chapter 15, beginning with verse number 44, 1544. Uh, Paul says, to, and he's talking to the church at Corinth, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul and the last Adam was made a life, or, or the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood uh, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit uh, incorruption. Also, um, Romans one twenty one. This is what the book of Romans, the church at Rome, Paul was talking to, one twenty one, and it says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their heart, foolish heart, their foolish mind was darkened. And so many times when in our reasoning, reasoning, excuse me, we're coming from a dark place. Uh, that's why we have to be renewed. Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you, so if we, even as Christians, don't renew our mind, we can be conformed to this world, believe it or not. Uh, Romans 8, 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, is hatred against God, is it's an enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So it's not subject to, this fleshly mind is not subject to the law of God, and it cannot be subject to, to the law of God. Let me see. I don't know if we read this scripture. I don't think we did in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Also, another scripture is Galatians 5.17. Paul talking to the church at Galatia. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You're either going to be in the flesh or you're going to be in the spirit. There is no neutrality. But uh, he says that, uh, that the flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit 
wars against the flesh. In the book of John, we all know this particular uh, passage. Uh, it's uh, been used many times as a salvation scripture. John 3, when Jesus was talking to Nakdemon or Nicodemus, as they say in the English, uh, Nakdemon came to him by night. And he was a leader in Israel. He was a Pharisee. And uh, in John or Yochanan chapter 3 verse 6, it says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Just like there is a natural birth, there is also a spiritual birth. In Romans, one of my favorite chapters, Romans chapter 8, Paul again talking to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 8. And verse number six says, uh, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So there's a there is a, a constant wrestling between the spirit and the flesh, the spiritual mind and the fleshly mind. There is always a wrestling. And many times we have asked and I have asked and we all probably have asked, like I said earlier, this thing that I'm hearing, did it come from God? Or did it come from somewhere else? Where did it come from? Uh, you know, the particular communication that we believe that we're hearing. Uh, so let me just make a couple other points before I close. That God speaks out of the spirit. Out of the realm of the spirit. God speaks out of the realm of the spirit. God is spirit. And also the Bible says that in him is no darkness at all. There is no darkness at all. So God is perfect light, perfect righteousness, perfect holiness, and whatnot. And so God does not speak out of a dark place. God speaks out of light. He speaks out of spirit. Everything that you see now in this world, including us, including myself, you, and everyone else, came out of a place of spirit. Uh, Yeshua Uh, God's son spoke spiritual words in John chapter 6. And let me turn there so I can quote it just as it is. Amen. Uh, John chapter 6. Yochanan. Chapter 6 and verse 63. It says here, John 6 and 63. It says, it is the spirit, Jesus speaking here, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. When God speaks something, he's speaking out out of the spirit and it causes life. It causes living. It causes things to be. It causes things to grow, you see. And, and, and it also causes there to be productivity. Uh, Yeshua said, the words that I speak, they are not mine. That is a key for all of us. In John chapter 7, verse 16, Yochanan seven sixteen, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine or my teaching 
is not mine, but his that sent me. Jesus said, they're not mine, but they are his that sent me. And uh, the Lord God said in the book of Isaiah uh, that we quoted earlier that his thoughts are not our thoughts and our ways are not his ways, you see. But there's so much more there in that passage of scripture. Uh, and sometimes when I'm reading and I come across uh, different things and, you know, and looking for one thing and then it just gets better and better and greater and greater and you just keep reading and reading and whatnot. But however, he says also, he says, as the rain comes down, the snow comes down and returns not. You see, there's, there's always, God has always desired to have a connection between heaven, between the realm where he is and the realm where we are. God has always desired a connection. That's why he showed Jacob uh, in the book of uh, Better Sheet on the book of Genesis, he showed Jacob a ladder, a ladder that came down from heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on this ladder. Later on, Jesus asked his disciples, he said, what if you see the uh, uh, the ladder let down from heaven and the son of man ascending and descending with his angels on that ladder. That's the same ladder that Jacob saw, you see, and Jesus was the fulfillment of that ladder. Jesus said, I'm the ladder. I'm the connection between uh, uh, heaven and earth for you, you see. And God says, as, as the rain comes down, as the snow comes down and returns not, but waters the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Remember, the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. You see, the word of God is sent forth to accomplish something in the earth. God doesn't just speak just to speak, but he's trying to accomplish something in the earth, his plan in the earth, his purposes in the earth, the things that he wants done in the earth. And who, who is the earth? We are the earth, not just in our environment, but in us. God wants things done in, our, in this world, but also in us. And it shall prosper in the thing, in the thing. He didn't say around the thing and all that kind of thing. He said, in it, it shall prosper. His word shall prosper in the thing whereto he sent it. One more scripture before we close. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, because we're getting ready to go into the temple. I'm very excited about going into the temple of God. But God had to lay some groundwork before we get into the temple. He had to set some things straight before we get into the temple, because we can't go into the temple acting any kind of way. Amen. We have to uh, follow protocol. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, in uh, verse number, let's start with 11. He says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. I'm trying to decide. Let's, let's see. Let's back up a little bit to verse 6. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom 
it was first preached, entered not in because of unbelief. He's talking about that first generation that came out of the land of Mizraim or Egypt, that first generation of uh, the Israelites uh, who were in northern Africa, which is Egypt. Again, he limited a certain day saying in David today or in the book that David uh, wrote the psalm today after so long a time as it is said today if ye will hear did you hear that today if if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts for if Jesus had given them or Joshua in some versions had given them uh, rest then would he not afterward have spoken of another day Therefore, there remained therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. We know that that first generation uh, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and they had to die off. There were two, Joshua and Caleb, uh, that entered into the promised land with some of the uh, the children of that time. For the word of God is quick and powerful. So we know that the word of God is living. Quick means living and it's powerful uh, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, that emotions. Uh, it, the word of God divides between the emotions and the spirit you see, uh, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And where it says we have to do, that means to him to whom we must give account, is what we have to do means there in, in the uh, King James language. But like I said before, as we go into the temple, you know, I, you know, God had to uh, begin to lay some foundational works uh, in the last couple of podcasts so that we'd be ready to go into the temple. Uh, and so we have to remember that we will never we, we will never have a time where we take our mind out of our relationship with God but he says, renew your mind, renew the, the thought processes, come up. We have to become elevated in our thinking because his ways and his thoughts are, so, are higher than our thoughts. His thoughts are so high as far as the heaven is above the earth, you see. And so we have to be elevated. And the only way to get to where we really understand when God is talking to us and what he is saying is through the Holy Spirit. Because he said the natural man, see, that's the struggle, the natural man and the spiritual man. The natural man doesn't receive the things of the spirit, but the spiritual man uh, receives the things of the spirit because they, the things that God is speaking to us are spiritually discerned, you see. Uh, and I shared also uh, out of Job in the last podcast where he said God does speak now one way, now another in dreams and visions and all those kind of things. But man does not perceive it. You see, and so we have to remember that God's word is for societal structure. It's for societal norms. God speaks to us, you know, for uh, uh, our domestic 
uh, norms and domestic structure, how we should live our lives in our homes, in our uh, communities, and, and how our world should function, you see. Uh, now, everybody doesn't receive that. Everybody doesn't receive God. The Bible says of Yeshua, of Jesus, that he came unto his own and his own received him not. Everybody is not going to receive the word of God, but it doesn't make it of none effect. It doesn't make it any less true because people don't accept it, because it doesn't go along with the way they think, because it doesn't go along with what they call normal, because it doesn't go along with their cultural uh, customs and things like that. But you see, when Yeshua came, when Jesus came to earth, he came appealing to the thinking of the people because that's where the biggest problem is. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, you see. And so we have to change the thinking of our society for our society to change. You can make all the laws in the world that you want to make. But yet, if that person's heart, if that heart is the mind, if their mind is not converted, if their mind is, is not made to think differently, then you'll have the same old activity because the Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Your heart is your mind. Guard your mind with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our actions comes out of our thinking, you see. And so before God even allowed the children of Israel uh, or, or uh, Moshe or Moses to build a temple, he said, I have to get you right first. I have to get your thinking right. I have to get the way you do things right first before you can do that. So I just thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, you can check my, the store out. Uh, it's called Kohelet Gan. It's on Etsy. Uh, we have our uh, store on Etsy. And uh, just go to Etsy and type in Kohelet Gan. And uh, that would be K-O-H-E-L-E-T-H-G-A-N. That's K, I'm sorry, Q. I'm very sorry. Q-O-H-E-L-E-T-H, Kohelet, G-A-N, G-A-N. Q-O-H-E-L-E-T-H, G-A-N, Kohelet, G-A-N. If you want to email me, that's Rev Kev and the Root. 2020 at gmail.com or uh, RevKev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. So until next time, God bless you. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, I ask that you keep your people, that you watch over them, that you bless them and keep them. Father, that you make your face to shine upon them and give them peace. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. God bless you.